Hello, everybody, and welcome to Molly Movie Club. I am Casey Miratori. I'm Anna Retberg. And we are kicking off our World War I movie month here. This, of course, is the freely available episode, and I don't want to give away the surprise of which movie it is about. I mean, you probably read the, the surprise? title. How yeah, is a surpri- I mean, maybe how is pe- it a surprise? You know, maybe people don't read the title. And they just I don't think so. But uh, for members, the rest of the month will feature the following titles as narrated by uh, Anna Retberg. Oh, I'm saying the titles? Yes, yes. Okay, do I say this movie's title or is this a surprise? No, 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 we're waiting on that one. This is a surprise. Okay, so next week we're going to be doing 1917. Mm -hmm. Uh, The following week we will be doing Paths of Glory. Yes. uh, Stanley Kubrick movie. Mm -hmm. And then we'll be finishing up with Gallipoli, which I believe is directed by Peter Weir, who did Master and Commander. And, of course, all this month we will also be picking our theme for next month. So if you head over to mollymovieclub.com, you can... Suggest movies or themes, if you remember, actually, because we pick those uh, sometime during the month because we got to start watching them for the next Yeah, month. and we, ha- we now have a um, pinned post at the top of our Substack page, a uh, brainstorming mega thread where we're, we're p- gathering all the ideas. So if you have any ideas, go over there and post them and we'll add them to the list. So with that out of the way, we now turn to today's feature film, which is... Anna Retberg's favorite film. That's right. Of all time. That's right. That exists in the world. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it is Lawrence of Arabia. That's right. The story, the fictionalized story yep. of T.E. Lawrence, yep. whose real nonfiction story is either crazy or, or as crazy as the fictionalized version, as far as I can tell. Yeah. So, to the extent that this movie is fictionalized, probably the real events were even weirder. And they probably had to tone it down to make people believe (laughs) that this really happened. Well, yeah. So the first time I saw this movie, I was like 24 or something. I didn't see it until I was like an adult. Mm -hmm. And it uh, blew my mind. Like, I I feel like I was like forever changed after I saw this movie. Like, for real. Okay. Um, And uh, I actually ended up going down this big, long rabbit hole reading about the real person. Um, So I've read like most of the books about the real T.E. Lawrence. um, Because, yeah. I just found this character to be like absolutely fascinating. The character in the film and uh and then reading about the real person, yeah, he's just as weird if not weirder. I feel like the film as far as like biopic goes mm-hmm. does I think the best thing that a biopic can do, which is you take things that have happened and yeah. you you sort of like you get at the essence of what's Right. Interesting about this person. Yeah. And it's like, even though it's not necessarily all real or all true, you're sort of, you've, you've managed to capture something about what made this person interesting that is true. And I think this movie does that, which is that like, yeah, the sort of like conflict and the, the character of Lawrence is, feels extremely true to the real person, as far as I can tell from all I've read. It does seem like that's that's the gold standard yeah. for biopics because, you know, the thing that separates a documentary and a biopic really, it, in some sense, it's not even really whether they're true because a lot of documentaries are sort of on the edge of true anyway because mm-hmm. how you edit things and what you choose to show mm-hmm. and who you choose to get commentary from right. dramatically shapes the mm-hmm. truth, quote unquote, of what you're presenting. Mm-hmm. So in both a documentary and in a biopic, you're trying to get across something, 
some opinion about what happened that like we think it was like this, right? And they come at it from different perspectives. A documentary is trying to assemble it out of real things, Mm -hmm. whereas a biopic's trying to create the right series of things, true or not, to make you feel like you know. Yeah, I've always thought of the difference. I've always thought of it as like a, a documentary would be like a super realistic like portrait that someone is painting, right? Like, yeah. super realistic. And then, like, a, a film like Lawrence of Arabia is, like, impressionistic, impressionistic yeah. like, oil painting yeah. with a ton of artistry to it um, with a lot that, that it, you know, at the end gives you the picture of the person, but there's, you know, there's a lot more, like, openness to the interpretation right. of it. Right. And that's sort of how I see this film. And so separately from that, this movie has, for me, everything. It's mm-hmm. it's perfect. Okay. It has. It's. I think it's the best looking film that I've ever seen. Uh, okay. Every shot is just insane. Yeah. Uh, the the compositions in particular are just like every shot for the most part is framed beautifully. Um, yeah, and it kind of like defined. It almost like defined a generation of filmmakers in yes, a way because yeah. most of the people whose work you now see like cite Lawrence of Arabia as like a major inspirational picture for them. Yes. So it was not just that this movie looks great. It's a big reason a lot of other movies look great. Yes. Um, yeah, is the one way absolutely. to say it. Absolutely. I think and I and I think it 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 still holds up as for me the best looking movie uh that I have ever seen. It is just incredible. Um, I think that the, in general, the acting, the performances are incredible. Um, I think the characters are fantastic. I think the writing is is just so, so good. Um, this movie is just like, it, the character stuff is so good. It's the, it's like the best character study I've, I've ever seen in a film. It's the most interesting character I've ever seen in a film. Like by far, I've never seen a character to me that's as interesting as Lawrence's. I would I would be inclined to agree with you on to a certain extent. Uh, I think. I mean, and to be fair, this is my this is my favorite movie. Certainly, I feel this way because it's in the sweet spot. It, it, yeah, yeah, it's doing something obviously that's hitting just right for me. So I could totally see that this wouldn't be something that everyone thinks. I would say that I I agree with a fair bit of what you said. I don't know that it's like the best looking movie I've ever seen, adjusted for year. I mean, it's obviously the best movie I've ever seen. I mean, the only thing you could really compare it to is 2001 for visual quality. And 2001 is a lot more limited. Like, this is a very broad, like, the shots in this are kind it's of It's also like important insane, to remember but... that this was filmed on location in the desert. Yes. They had so many issues with heat yes. and sand and, like, it's kind of insane that they were able to make this movie. Well, some of the shots... Uh, because remember, you there is really no kind of insert special effects that can be done at this point. Like they have matte paintings and stuff like that at this point, but they don't have the ability to like take a shot of film and add things in the background mm-hmm. for a moving shot. So any time the camera is moving, what you see was actually there. Yes. And some of the shots in Lawrence of Arabia, I have no idea how anyone could ever have gotten them in that way. You will see tents out in the distance that appear to be miles from the shot location. Yeah. I I don't know how they did this. Did they find existing tents? Did they build them? I have no idea. Yeah, well, and not only tents, but people on camels and stuff. It's I mean, insane. there's so many shots where people are in the distance, like these tiny little dots. Yeah. And I, another reason I picked this movie was because we had done Dune last month. And... um you know, one of our complaints with that movie was the f- the way the desert was portrayed, the way it yes. was shot, the way it felt. And yes. I think 
I mean, I don't think there's even much that we need to say if you just have watched these two movies. I think it's like, it's very apparent yes. what is being done differently and and why it is so much more effective in this film. So it it really makes a fantastic case study. And one of the things that you'll notice, so I mentioned several of them when we were doing our review of Dune, mm-hmm. which was the leadoff movie last month. Mm-hmm. In Dune, most of the camera work is just really poor. The placement of the camera is such that the, and the types of lenses used and where they were shooting and all that stuff, like how it was positioned, constantly reinforces the concept that it is a little small area of a desert. Mm -hmm. When you look at what happens in Lawrence of Arabia, the shots, it's overwhelmingly clear why the desert feels so big. There are many shots where the only people in the shot are minuscule. They're so small, you can barely see them. You can just yeah. see some little people well, walking. Well, it's kind of crazy. Right? There are some shots in this movie that even with the, you know, with the 4K Blu-ray, or if you were seeing this movie in 70 millimeter, like originally, yes. where you would hardly be able to see the speck in the distance. And they do these things where they put the camera very low, mm-hmm. where like 80% of the is screen the sky, is yeah. sky. Yeah. And these little tiny camels, right, like... Yep. Go, and these what they what those shots do the reason they're there is because it helps you appreciate how small the characters are relative to the desert yeah. if all you ever see is people taking up half the frame the desert never feels big it's yeah. never going to feel yeah. big yeah uh and so you not only do you get some fabulous artistry with this like those shots of the sky the color composition it's and insane. the like layout of where things are in the frame is just breathtaking. It looks like, I mean, when they say every frame of painting, it, yes, this movie this is. Yeah. I mean, you look at it and you're just like, that is something that people would have hung in a gallery, almost as an abstract painting. There'll be like these, you know, two bands of color. Yeah. Right before the shot begins yeah. or something, and it's just like it's spectacular. When I think too about you know because you know I. Uh, I went to school for illustration. And so, like, for me, there's actually a lot of overlap between film and illustration. And so, like, there's so many shots in this film with characters, too, like, where it feels like an like an illustration. Yes. Because you're getting so much story in an image. Yes. And it's basically, like, every shot. And that's the other thing about it is not only is it beautiful imagery, it all reinforces the character and the story. Like, everything is reinforcing the the sort of core of what's happening. Yes. And you see this too with, we mentioned in Dune, it never feels hot. One of the reasons it never feels hot is because they fail to capture like that mirage effect. They fail to capture the people Mm -hmm. looking hot and weathered. Yes. They fail to capture the brightness of the sun. Yes. You look in Lawrence Arabia, they're doing all these things. There are shots copious shots with the heat shimmer and the and the wind blowing across with the sand there's shots of the sun getting increasingly brighter in the frame there's yeah. shots of people's faces where they're think- where they're sand encrusted and blister you know it just and all of that you're like oh my god this is a brutal desert dune is just like some people walking around and they never seem to there's no mirage there's no sun there's no nothing it just doesn't feel hot and i think you know i've i've heard people who talk about you know like the 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 scene where they're they're crossing the nefud desert Mm -hmm. 
which is long. It's a it's a pretty long chunk mm-hmm. of the movie. And I've heard before people say that that feels like too long or boring or okay. or like you're stuck in the desert. And I'm like, yes, <laughs> not yeah, the boring. Yeah, yeah. I don't I don't think it's boring at any point. Yeah. But the fact that it is so. You can feel how it's tedious for the characters. You can feel how difficult it is. How yes. there's just nothing. Yes. There's nothing there but heat and the sun and like that's it. Yeah. And um and it's like mind numbing and they start drifting and it's like the way in which it's shot makes you feel that way. Like it totally reinforces the way the characters are feeling. You're you feel like you're where you're there with them. Like yes. throughout this movie it feels like you're in the desert with these people. It's yes. so tangible. Yes. And like that is something that is completely missing from a film like Dune. So the other thing I would say cinematography-wise, obviously there's just a lot of great shots in the movie, but another thing to call particular attention to that is just stunning in this film is in the second half of the movie, actually, when they get to Damascus, mm-hmm. there are shots of the Arab Council, mm-hmm. quote-unquote, mm-hmm. the thing that sort of T. Lawrence briefly put together. And any frame of that entire sequence looks like the best Renaissance painting yes. you've ever seen. Yes. It is absolutely stunning. That's what I was talking about where it's like the, it, it looks like illustration. Like it, it looks like literally something you took down off the wall of a fine art gallery from the from the Renaissance. Yeah, the it, colors it, it, and the, the colors and the arrangements of things and just the the sheer number of people. Like they used to like to flood the zone with those, mm-hmm. you know, paintings. Uh it's just it's just magnificent and it's the kind of thing that you never see anymore. No, the, Nobody yeah, makes that no, shot anymore ever. I think the, it's too expensive the for them scale or something. Of this movie is just insane, uh the scope and the scale. Like I don't know how I don't honestly understand how this movie was possible, really? This one and, and you know, supposedly Ben-Hur was another one where they're like, if yeah. you looked at, it, it's like the budget of that film is no one even comes close today, like adjusted for instance. It's like a billion dollar budget or something, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. They're just like, they were doing stuff that was just way off the scale. But like when you, when you, can, you know, when that happens, something kind of amazing it does. happens because you're suddenly seeing something, in, you know, you've never seen anything quite like that. No. And certainly not in a movie. Like when there's crowds and there's CG crowds and, and you can tell, like it doesn't feel real. And this where you've got these like this giant group of men on horses and camels like riding through like water rum i mean it's like insane well as with most things though i don't necessarily think it has that much to do with cg versus real i've said this before it's really just meticulous versus not yeah like it's 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 both expense and like dedication i think it's also it's also like really clear vision yeah it's it's the artist like i fully believe you could make these scenes in cg i think we have the technology to do them yeah probably but the amount of dedication and like the the fact that you're willing to do it is very similar to what it was in those days it was very hard to put that scene together but they did it and the same would have been true of a cg version and we just don't do that anymore yeah. people aren't going through that level of effort to put together shots anymore. I do think it's like when you think about the word like visionary or something, I think somebody like David Lean just is that. Absolutely. He's a person who so clearly has a strong visual 
sense and like an idea in his mind, a thing that he is real. It's like so intentional. This movie is. It's not surprising to me. You know, you hear. I think like Steven Spielberg says that Lawrence of Arabia is his favorite movie. Yes, and it makes total sense. Like Spielberg is also he has a really strong visual sense in all of his movies. Like that same sort of like eye for he knows what he wants, right? He knows exactly like what the what he's looking for. There's basically like. Lawrence of Arabia and West Side Story are yeah. often the two that come up a lot. With, as, when as you hear directors, favorite, yeah. famous directors, whether you like them or not, talk about movies, they often cite one or both of those, right? Mm-hmm. Spielberg has cited both. And, I think Scorsese know, has talked about Lawrence of Arabia. Yeah. you know, have cited them. But just, and so, you know, there's something magic about these movies for the the visual mind well and and i totally and, get it because you know, i had when i like yeah. when i saw it for the first time i literally felt like changed like i felt like different after seeing it um moving on from the cinematography maybe yeah because i mean uh, it, it speaks for itself there's nothing that we can say about it that hasn't already been said by like yeah. everyone ever it's it's maybe the greatest looking movie of all time if not it's it's in the top five or something right i mean it's like there's some things that are worth noting in addition that we didn't really talk about, which is just in addition to, like you said, the cinematography is not just about being beautiful. It also captures what it needs to capture at at any given time. Yes. Uh, All of the shots are set up to make sure that the right thing happens at the right time for what you're supposed to be thinking. Yeah. You know, uh, whether it's like, the pan shot at Aqaba where we end on, on the, the guns pointing I mean, the wrong it's way. So good. Right? Yeah. Uh, or it's the initial sort of uh, the shot of there's the credit sequence, right? That's this beautiful top down shot of just T. E. Lawrence meticulously like buffing his, his motorcycle, motorcycle yeah. right? Like, and then throwing the rag away. It's just like everything. It, everything that you see is there both to look good and to give you this little piece of information that helps reinforce something that is either happening or about to happen, right? Well, yeah, or or you know about the character. Like I think I think the reason one of the reasons I love this movie is like in every single moment or every single scene, basically there is something being told about the character that's informing yeah. you about what's going on with yeah. the person, with the character, with the main character, and that's just so satisfying. So. I guess uh, let's talk. Maybe uh, let's 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 go like uh, agree and disagree. Sure. So that was like a, <laughs> I, I have nothing to disagree about the cinematography. Yeah. I mean, it's just it is a masterpiece. I don't have I don't disagree with anyone. There's also I mean, who says let me do a quick a, a quick aside because we can just like we'll put visuals behind us. But there's yeah. a, another like even something like the costumes. Uh, mm-hmm. So there's like a cool thing that they do with, like, Lawrence's outfit. Mm-hmm. Whereas when he first gets it, right, it's, like, super white and yes. pristine and, like, thick. Yeah. And by the end of the movie, it's they've changed the material. It's a, it's it's almost a gauze. Like, it's completely transparent. Oh, so to try and give you the sense of him getting dirtier and, and like, and like, and like ghost-like, like, kind more of... fictionalized and all these like, other sorts or of not, things. Yeah, or just, like, losing losing himself Self, or, okay. like, kind disappearing. of disappearing. Yeah. yeah. And he's literally, like, he look, if you, you, if you watch the movie again, you'll see that it happens gradually. That's, that's and it's not just, like, two. It's, like, there's, like, a gradual change where they continue changing the... Wow. the like cloth. So I say everything about the visual of this movie is so intentional and it's all about the character, right? Like they're at all times thinking about what does this say about the character's like mental state? 
Um, but anyway, I you know that was just a little thing I wanted to mention because it's such such a nice little attention to detail kind of thing with the visuals. That's not cinematography, but yeah, um, yeah, abs- and it's hard to notice. Like it's probably something that subliminally works to yeah. sort of give you this feeling, but you don't necessarily know it's happening, right? I didn't mm-hmm. know that they were doing that. Right, right. But um, you can sort of look back on it. You're like, okay, yeah, because yeah, he looks so different, right? Yes, like, yeah, yeah. Um, it's anyway, true. so we can we can now move on to your next uh, your next bullet point. Well, I was gonna say. Uh, I was thinking alternate, like agree, oh, okay, disagree, okay, agree, okay, disagree. Okay, okay, okay. So uh, I disagree on the acting. I think the acting is a mixed bag. Well, I said I did say. I, I think I did sort of couch okay. that in like most of the performances. Or, okay. I didn't say all because I agree. Not all the performances are great. So uh, I do think Omar Sharif is very good. He's great. Uh, I kind of bought him as his character the entire time. I think Peter O'Toole is very good most of the time, but occasionally I don't like the overacting. I feel like in some scenes when he's supposed to be angry or something, it just didn't, it's a little much for me. I do think in general he's um, fantastic. There are, I agree, a few scenes where it feels a little like stage acty. It's just too much. But there's also scenes where he's so subtle and so yes. good. So I don't think it was a bad performance. I, actually, I think it's a good performance, but it's a little uneven. I agree. I think... Uh, Actually, Alec Guinness is the weakest performance I, by far. That was just what I was going to say. I, I like, like Anthony Quinn. I really like Auda. I think he's he's Auda is fantastic. Great. The uh, photographer is good. The other generals were good as Alan well. Alan B and the first guy, yeah. Um, but yeah, and, and Alec, then Dr- uh, Dryden's great. The um, what's the actor? He's in a lot of stuff. The guy, the government guy. Um, Dryden is the character's name. Oh, he's he's fabulous. Yeah. The the Arab he, bureau guy. Yeah, yeah, he's in a. T- oh, he's amazing. Um, yes, he's just great. fantastic. He's in a ton of um, older movies. Like he's a really famous actor. And then uh, all of his lines are great too. And then also we'll get to that when we get to the, the other uh, the other soldier who um, the little like uh, fool's face. Yes, the, the, yes, all he's of those. Great. He's great too. Like that last scene he gets where he you know goes off after Lawrence. It's just like beautiful. Um, I didn't love the kids. I thought they they're, were yeah, kind of just they, I, they didn't really buy them as their characters. They just kind of seemed not that great. Uh, but mainly, yeah, Alec Guinness, the problem with his performance in this is like multifaceted. So first of all, his, he should have either done an accent or not. It's kind of like weirdly like there and not. Mm -hmm. I mean, you could believe that, uh, you know, it's Prince Faisal. He might have a British accent. He may have learned to speak British well. I mean, I don't know if the real character did, but you could have just well, you used imagine, a regular you would, accent. You would right? imagine he would have been pretty well educated. He would have been well educated. So just use a British accent or if you want him to sound uh, like he has more of an accent, get it right. But it like comes in and out, which is the one thing I really don't like. Like when you're, when you're kind of wavering, like you're sort of trying to do accent and not. And the other thing is just even if you take that out of the yeah, picture, I I think the bigger issue is the overacting, like the the just the, the non-acting. I would or say the, I don't know because for me there's like there's times where he does like these like over the top expressions it's that just, are just like it's it feels too like stage acty, like too big for. I, I, mean, I I mean I'm on the other side of you on this one. I, I feel like I, he's just not he's just phoning it in. It doesn't feel maybe. acted to there's me at a all. Scene, there's a scene that I'm thinking of. I think later on in the movie, I kind of see what you're saying. There's a scene early on in his tent where um, I can't think. I wish I, could, I can't remember the other British guy's name, uh, but he's in the tent and he's basically like, you know, your your men are gonna die or whatever, you yeah. know. And mm-hmm. and he has the uh, Alec Guinness has this reaction that's like 
over the top for me where it's like it's not subtle it's supposed to be subtle right it's right. supposed to be him like subtly being affected by the fact that like yeah okay i can yeah. see what you're saying that my my people are going to die from this yeah and it just doesn't work at all for me because he's so it's too like it's too over the top well maybe there's a little bit of that in places but overwhelmingly what i noticed is just like terrible line reads for me a part of it is like sometimes you can feel this in movies from this era uh where there's like two different schools of acting that are like maybe appearing. So you've got yeah. like because that was when I first saw Lawrence of Arabia, I was kind of shocked at how modern it felt to me in the it, performances. It really does, yes. And uh, and so I'm almost feeling like what you're perceiving there is like Alec Guinness is doing like a more old school style of acting. The old school way is the big way. I like mean, I- the old school way is yes, you may claim it. But in whose name do you ride? And but, I mean, we didn't get any of but, that. But I mean, I, uh, for old right? school, I think, for me, when I think of that more like old style of acting, it's just saying the lines, but not really acting the lines. And that's, I think, what's happening a little bit with Alec Guinness. It's just like, or the or when you do try to act them, it's like, it's like a little bit over the top or like, it doesn't feel true. I Whereas guess. you have people like Ollie or Lawrence or, other, you know, a lot, most of the other characters in this movie feel like, it feels like a very modern style of it acting. It does. It does. Um, yes. Where it's subtle and it's it's sophisticated and it's like you're watching human beings having emotions, um, and there, so it, like I think I think this movie that definitely has there's moments where characters like fall in and out of that. I mean I think even with with Peter O'Toole as you were saying, I think it happens a couple times where he'll pop out of that and do like a slightly yeah. like, bigger uh, acting style. But for the most part, I think the performances are yeah are like pretty good. Pretty if on point. if Alec Guinness had actually tried. Uh, in this and done a good performance, I think it would, I wouldn't probably bother criticizing the other aspects of the acting because they're more nitpicky. Yeah, yeah. He's the only person in this who really stands out as yeah. just kind of sucking. Well, and, it, you and know, the, the kids as well, but they're but in it so, they have so few lines yeah, yeah. that it's not like it would be nice if they were good, but you know, it's whatever. I'm trying to remember because I've seen like Bridge on the River Kwai. Which is Alec Guinness is like the main character in that, and it's also David Lean, and uh, I I don't remember him being like crappy in that. Um, I remember his performance being a lot stronger. I mean, I'd have to go watch it again. Um, I don't know that he's a bad actor because I haven't seen him in enough stuff to know, but I just feel like he was phoning it in. I, I think it's he's, that he's, simple. Yeah, I think he out. could. He probably even just him could have given a better performance and I think he probably didn't spend much time preparing for this role and it shows. Yeah, I don't I don't I don't really know why why that happened and what Me neither, it just yeah. it just doesn't work. It really just doesn't work. And that's like it's definitely a little disappointing um because everything else is so strong. But I mean, at the end of the day, he's not he's kind of a minor character. So Thankfully, he's not in it very much. Yeah. Um, but again, there are some really good scenes that are brought down by his get, performance. You're right, he gets good lines. Like he does he have get, a lot, and of- those lines are wasted on him, and that's really the shame. If if he was just saying some stuff that wouldn't really have made a great scene if he did it well, I wouldn't be so upset. But in general, he get, there's really smart writing for Prince Faisal in a number of places. And he just drops the ball every single time. And, you know, I just feel bad for the screenwriter who put in the effort and then Alec Guinness doesn't. Mm-hmm. That's it's really that simple. Yeah. Um, but so I guess that it, I think we are we are basically on the same yeah. page uh, with the acting. I think it's, it's okay. I don't think we're, we're really so I think we're not. I think 
it seems like we're pulling out slightly different parts of Alec Guinness's performance that we don't like. But possibly, yeah. Um, because yeah. I, I was actually responding more to the overacting, and you are responding to what you feel is underacting. So. He's just failing across the board, I guess, here. <laughs> he also feels a lot lighter than everyone else for no reason. So a lot of the acting in this movie has a great deal of gravitas. Mm-hmm. And I think that's appropriate for the picture that they made. Like, this is not a movie with a lot of comic relief in it. It's not a movie with light subject matter. Um, it's a very weighty film. Mm-hmm. And I think most of the other actors give weighty performances. Mm-hmm. And the Alec Guinness performances, like at the end, he's even, it just feels like he's floating away almost when he's saying these lines. He's like, it's just like, come on, dude. Like everyone else is really in this scene. And it just sounds, I don't know. I just have so many criticisms about that performance. It's unfortunate because, like I said, the yeah. writing is very good. Yeah. And it's, I hate to see that happen. No, I totally agree. I guess I'm going to slide into a slightly slide different... Slide it in. <laughs> like, you know, I feel like this movie also does something which I really like, which is, uh, like, ambiguous morality. Um, yes. I like stories that don't take a strong moral stance. They trust the audience to, like, observe the events and and sort of, like, feel the complexity. Yes. Like, I think this movie tackles, like, imperialization and, like, um, especially of that time period. Yes. Um, Those sort of, like, imperial meddling in in other cultures. I think it handles it in, like, this really sophisticated way where it's, like, you get the complexity of it. It's it's sort of tackling a really difficult historical situation with, with, like, nuance. And, uh, and... It's. I think for its time, it was probably fairly modern. Like, it's obviously not portraying the British in a particularly good light. Yeah, for um, a British film, yeah. it is not particularly pro-British. But it's also, I think it's also honestly sort of portrays, like, the difficulty with... Like, I mean, I think Lawrence sort of encapsulates this thing, right? Where it's like, Lawrence sees himself as, like, different, right? right. He doesn't see himself as, like the imperial the colonizer right. he doesn't see right. himself as the person he right he says he says like i'm different right um he calls his people a fat people but he also comes in very clearly with his own with a very british like with with a different morality to the bedouin yes and he ultimately to the very end is trying to change them like he's trying to give them what he thinks that they should have which is like a government that which is like still like Britain. Exactly. Like, and so he sees yeah. himself as different. He yes. sees himself as one of them. Right. But like ultimately he's not. And that's like the that's the conflict of Lawrence's character throughout the whole film. Is yes. like he's so torn between these two parts of himself. Yeah. And ultimately he ends up belonging nowhere to no one because he's he's he kind of gets a little bit lost culturally. Um but it's like you have, you know, these Bedouin who I mean, the things that they say are true. It's like when they're talking about why Britain is a great country, right? He's like, it's because we have discipline. And then yeah. and then Faisal's like, it's because you have a navy. Yeah. And like both of those things are kind of true. It's like. It, well, I mean, you don't have a navy if you don't have discipline is kind of where, right. where and that like, goes, right? It's, it's like, just like that's and, why and, they have a navy, like, right? <laughs> but it's also true that it's like, well, in, in, you know, the Bedouin in the desert don't have much to help. They don't have a lot of resources. Yes. 
So they're never going to have like a Navy. But at the same time, you know, they also don't have the discipline. They, they, they do fight amongst each other and have these like petty squabbles that at the end, the last scene we see prevent them from unifying and, and being able to sort of resist the, the British like coming in and, and yes. taking over things. And so it's like both things are true. And it's um, and I just love that sort of like I feel to me that feels pretty sophisticated because there's not a strong like moral stance. It's like it's really being honest about the the situation. Right. And well, and I think that's part of portraying things that happened as opposed to like pontificating. Right. Right. Because, you know, it's very easy to go and say, well, we're going to uh, put our particular political ideology over the top of these historical events. Mm -hmm. And the movie is going to sort of try to convince you that our opinion about what should have happened would have been better than what actually happened. Whereas I think what makes movies like this one so enjoyable to watch, at least for me, is they just don't seem to care too much about that. Mm -hmm. They're more just like, this is what happened. And there's a lot of things you could come away thinking politically. There's people you could think are villains. There's people you could think are heroes. There's ideas you could think are good and ideas you could think are bad. But really, we're not here to tell you one of them overwhelmingly. Exactly. We're happy to just show you, here's the situation now you can go try to make something of it. Yeah, and right? I mean, I definitely... And I like that a lot better. I, me too. That's exactly, like, the the non-preachiness of it. And yeah. But it also, it does have an opinion. Like, you know, it's not like it's completely without a direction or something. Like, what happens to Lawrence's character is saying something pretty strongly. Yes. Um, well, I think that perspective is, here's our opinion of what happened, which is different than, here's our opinion of what should have happened. That's really the right, difference, right, right. right? You always have an opinion about what happened. But if you then take an additional step and say, here's our opinion about what should have happened, then you're just propaganda. Mm-hmm. And that's when it becomes pretty lousy. I think they did a fantastic job of saying, here's just what we think happened. Like, this is what we think happened to these characters and why. And that's well, opinionated because it might be lie. But it's right? also, and it's also like, let's use this character. To explore something like, you know, because I think I do think, you know, you come away from this movie with a pretty strong feeling uh, based on what Lawrence has ha- what has happened to that character. Mm-hmm. Right. What is what is he, what he's gone through and like the place he's ended up. And it's sort of just like despair. Right. Like. Right. I think people can relate to the idea of like a character having a person having like an image of themselves or a dream or something they want to achieve and like utterly failing at that and and realizing something they don't want to acknowledge about themselves or something. You know what I mean? Like there's there's also like a really nice like character thing happening there that ties into the the sort of world events. Yes. I'm just trying to draw a line between that and suggesting that somehow there that is like an answer to something. It, it, the, no, this movie has no, it yeah. never, ever answers anything. Yes. It and, never, and, and, and down to Lawrence's character, who the who are you question is like never answered. And they have representatives from many points of view. Yes. Which I think is really interesting. Yeah. You have just British colonialists. They're just like, look, we're just going to go and take over this area. That's just what we do. Yes. Right. You've got people uh, like uh, Auda, who's just like, we're brigands. We just loot 
that's what we do, right? It's mm-hmm. like we're not going to form a government or whatever. Yeah. You have people like Sheriff uh, Ali, Ali yeah. who's like, I can see the benefits of having like a government like the kind you have. Yes. And I'm interested in learning about it, right? Yes. You have people like the American journalist who's like, we like underdog stories. We want people to have their own freedom. We think that's a, you know, mm-hmm. that's what it should be. Well, and also like we want to get our country into this war. We want to sell it, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and then you also have, you know, Lawrence who's like, I think I'm better than a co- colonialist because I'm going to go and give these people their freedom. Yeah, because I and understand. Then coming, it was like, because yeah. I understand these people. I am like them. But you're I, not. But yeah. you're not. Yeah, exactly. And so by having so much of that in the movie, I think it avoids that trip into, I think I know better than history and I'm telling you what should have happened, whatever that thing is, mm-hmm. right? Which is, you know, the modern the modern Disney way, which is that somehow some people in well, you know just, in a boardroom somewhere who know nothing about any of this think they're going to tell you how the world should well, work, Well, I think right? I think yeah, there's a strong people feel like stories have to have like a strong morality or and a strong I, I don't opinion like that, yeah. and I don't like it either. I like when the, I'm allowed to <laughs> to make up my own mind on events in a movie. I like when I'm not Handheld. I don't want someone to tell me what to think. And know? I also think it's because morality is often oversimplified. Yeah, it's right? like nothing is uh, black and white ever. And, and so and it doesn't yes. feel it doesn't feel true or authentic. There doesn't feel like there's anything to dig into. But but this movie, it's like there's so much there to dig into because yes. it's so unclear like what the answer is to any of this. It's it's there's no answer. And like, once which again, is true, go, which going, is reality. Going back to the time period. Yeah. Right. It's very remarkable that they were able to make something at that time that captured so much of that nuance. Yeah. Right? Because it feels like a much later thing to do. But it's like, nope, they were like yeah. right on the ball. And I mean, they it's were 1962. Like, it's just. They it's, got so much yeah. into it. Right? It's impressive. Like they got so many different uh, ways of looking at this problem into it that it's like it, it really feels like they did a lot of thinking instead of just simplifying it down to whatever they thought. Well, and it's also cool, too, because it wasn't just... They didn't just do, like, a biography of Lawrence. It's like, no, we're going to bring in all of the bigger pieces at play here. Um, Because they're all kind of relevant to the conflict, but, like, it's not just about Lawrence, right? It's, it's It's about that particular period of time which is so influential even to today like the the, the world today is super affected by the decisions that oh, britain and france made back then i mean that was a huge i mean yeah. the knock-on effects were massive oh yeah the uh the other thing i would point out is they even i think they they even avoid the trap of portraying the military in one way or another so yeah we've <clears throat> already done uh movies on the podcast where the where the military is portrayed as overly competent. We've done ones where they're portrayed as overly incompetent mm-hmm. or or overly evil, mm-hmm. um, various things like this, right? And in this, they managed to get so much nuance into even that. Yeah. There's idiot generals and smart generals in this. There's, like, uh, clever and cunning chain of com- command and inept chain of command. There's, like, all of the... It feels like you could really believe a military really was, where it's like, it's not one thing. It's a lot of individual people mm-hmm. doing something, mm-hmm. and some of them are very good at their job, and some of them are very bad. Yeah, right? yeah. Well, and I think it's interesting, too, like, there's so many parallels between, like, what's happening with Lawrence and what's happening, you know, 
with the the conflict in the bigger picture. But yeah. like, you know, even thinking about the fact that it's like these the generals, you know, like Alan B and Dryden, like know how to manipulate Lawrence so well. Yes. And and Lawrence is then in turn going and like doing that to the Arabs. Like, yes. Um, and it's just like, but un- sort of like. Lawrence is so in denial about that, you know, like he's he totally views it as like a different thing in his head until I think the end. Um, but yes. he's he's totally just manipulating them for his own personal like needs, his own personal kind of. But he's game. a true believer, right? Yes, and, yes. Uh, up until the end, uh, and they're not. So yeah. like Alan B and Dr- Dr- what's his name? Dryden. Dryden. Uh, they are not true believers. They're just trying to get something done. Well, They're like, they know, we want yeah. what's best for the British here, and we'll let this crazy guy do our work for us to the extent that he can. And but but Lawrence, but like, is a true believer. He believes in this Arab cause. He himself has sort of invented that even they don't really believe in, but he does. Yeah. And it's it's very clear that whole, yeah. like you said, it's like a chain of manipulation. They're like using this this guy because he seems to be well, effective. And, and even the way the ways in which they can manipulate him are so it's so satisfying. Like it happens twice. Yes. Where, you know, he comes back and he's like, I can't, I'm I can't, done. Yeah. And then all I have to do is just adulation. Like just, yeah, just yeah. be like, no, you're incredible. You're yeah. amazing. And he's yeah. like, yeah, I am. Yeah. And yeah. it's like, and they do that again and again to him. And he's just so he can't resist that. Like yep. the the contradictions of Lawrence's character, I think, are one of the things I find so fascinating about him. He's opposites, right? Like in every way. Like he's super shy and and weird and uncomfortable, but he's also like super arrogant and um, and he thinks so highly of himself in certain ways. And he thinks he's he's like an Arab, but he's also like this British guy. Like he's he's sort of like this 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 guy who's made up of like these opposite things. Well, and, and it just it ends up coming together in this really strange character. And uh, they do some great stuff with that. So uh, I'll point out one of the things that I thought was really funny right at the mm-hmm. end of the movie. I mean, it's not funny, funny, but it's like funny, interesting, right? Mm-hmm. There's uh, a guy who shows up. At, oh, this is incredible! Yeah. At the very beginning of the movie. Yep, that's funeral. I had I had the the honor of shaking his hand once. Yep. Right. At Damascus. At yep. Damascus, and at the end of the movie, this guy like at first slaps him in the face. He doesn't even recognize. Doesn't him. recognize him, right? Because he's just in the middle of this he's hospital dressed, well, ward. And he's, he's dressed up as an Arab. Dressed in in the traditional. Uh, what was what what was the name of the tribe again? It was a. Ha, ha, I don't remember. And then later, when he's in uniform, he immediately recognizes T. Lawrence and shakes his hand. Yeah. Oh, right? that I. That's incredible. I love that. It's so good because it also just shows you like not only is T. E. Lawrence a lot of different things, but depending on what propaganda you had in your head at the time if you were thinking filthy arab because that's who you are and you showed up you that's what you think of him if instead you think amazing british officer i read so much about you shake his hand it's just it just shows you like exactly how people don't know they don't really react to the man Right. Oh, yeah. They're completely yes. reacting to yes. their own preconceived ideas about what's happening and they're not perceiving the reality at all. Well, and I think that's right? one of the fascinating things about the self-awareness this movie has as a biopic is like it's doing that in a way to this to this real man. Right. Yes. Who is a real person. We don't really know who this person was. And like depending on what accounts you read or whatever, like you're 
everyone's interpretation of him is different, and, you know, and a biopic is basically doing the same thing. It's like taking a stand on like who this person was. Let's talk about the screenwriting. Yeah. A little let's bit. T- let's do it. So I thought the screenwriting is very good in this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I only really have one complaint, although it is a fairly major complaint. Uh-oh. But um, let's talk about the positives first. Yeah. So uh, really the strength of this movie, I think, is that it, I mean, overwhelmingly knows how to allocate scenes to get story out of them. Yeah. There, despite the fact this movie is very long, and if you think that trekking through the desert is too long and boring or something, well, usually it's not really the screenplay there. That would be a criticism of the editing and directing choices mm-hmm. because the screenplay doesn't say how many minutes you watch a camel walking. Yeah, yeah. So if we're just talking about the screenplay, really nothing in this movie is wasted. The lines of dialogue and which scenes are chosen to be yeah. included in the movie all carry a tremendous amount of information in them yes. for the viewer uh, that is, you know, subtle and interesting, and oftentimes the dialogue is even clever. Uh, yes. It's just yes. a very, very well-written screenplay. It's the complete opposite of something like Dune, which is <laughs> a absolute mess and does the inverse of that. Right. And just to give an example, in Lawrence of Arabia, no time is ever, not even once, spent on, uh, like, exposition. Right. We never get any information about what is happening that is not through diffusion. And this is just really, really breathtaking work. It knows what the audience should be thinking about, not what the background details are and how they're unimportant. To that extent, just think about this scene. The very first scene we see mm-hmm. of Lawrence in mm-hmm. the desert, we directly cut to him on a camel with a guide. You have not been introduced to. You do not know where he started riding. You do not really even know where he's riding to, right? I mean, you do. Dryden briefly mentions like he has briefly to get, to, he has to, get to, yes. to somewhere. He has to get it, find a guide. Yeah. yeah. None of that is. They don't spend any time on it, right? Why? Because they know it's not important. What's important is that this guy is riding through the desert, and what do we first see? You may Here you may drink. And he says, I'll drink when you do, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. It's focusing on the information we need to pay attention to. Yeah. If you didn't catch the, like, aside where Dryden says, like, he's got to do this stuff. Uh, yes, yes. It doesn't matter, right? Right. What matters is that you see that Lawrence wants to be one of the people. Yes. He wants to fit in with them and do as they do. Mm-hmm. That's the information in the scene. Yes. Right? The Dune version of this scene is a lot of people on camels talking about how long it is between where they are and where they're going and why they need to get there and what they're going to do when they get there because they think that the procedural elements are what the viewer should be hearing mm-hmm. about. But it's the opposite. It's the character things we need to hear about. We'll get the rest yeah, yeah. of it just by what happens. Like, there, you right? know, there's another, there's another thing I really like in, in one of those first sort of scenes with him and his guide where his guide asks if he rode from Cairo 
And he says, oh, no, thank heavens I took a boat. That's 400 miles or something. Later on in the movie, he does that ride on a camel. Yep. It's so it's so good. So let's talk about other things the screenplay does really well. So it shows us thought process. Mm -hmm. Again, something that never happens in Dune Mm -hmm. ever. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, I, I hate to bag on Dune, but like any any of the movies, the modern movies we're watching. Well, Dune you know, is interesting to compare it to because, because it's, it's another desert movie well, and based it, on Lawrence it, of Arabia. It's, sort it, of. There's, it's yeah. drawing inspiration from from this story. So, so he has a meeting with Prince Faisal mm-hmm. in the tent, mm-hmm. and it really bothers him what's going on. Yes, they spend quite a bit of time letting us know what's going on with the character. We see him walk out into the desert. He's troubled. He's just reflecting. Well, and like He's and, sitting there. And the music and the visuals com- like give you such a strong feeling, feeling about, of yeah. reflection. He's gripping this rock, right? And he's like, "All right, this is what we're gonna do." Like he's cut right. It makes it feel like something is really happening, right? Again, the Disney version of this thing is just like in the tent, he says, we go to Aqaba. That's, mm-hmm. that's what happens in a modern movie. The characters never are really there. They're not real people who think and want things or plan, right? Mm-hmm. And so, again, the screenplay of this movie just does a great job. Everywhere there should be focus on a character element, there is. Mm-hmm. Whether it's silent or written, it's always telling us What's going on with these characters? Yes. Right? It's so about the characters at all times. Like that's yes. I think that's what I love so much about it. Is it's a it's at its heart, at its core, is like a it's a character movie. And it's so it spends so much time with its characters and it's always about its characters. It's always about that. And all of the scenes reinforce these interactions, like these characters and what their relationship is to each other, uh, you notice what we're doing when we're tracking through the desert is not nothing. Right. It will be uh, Ali riding up to Lawrence because he's drifting. Mm-hmm. And you see Lawrence is embarrassed that that happens. And Ali is kind of like thinks that's their funny. Their relationship throughout right? this movie is just it's Because so he's good. like, see, you're not quite one of us yet, right? Like you... You know what I mean? There's like, yeah, yeah. you can see all of this stuff happening. Those scenes were chosen for that reason, mm-hmm. right? To constantly tell us where these characters are and how they're relating to each other. When Ali burns his clothes and gives him the new mm-hmm. thing, right? It's all of these things happen to show us what is the developing relationship between these characters uh, and and what they're doing. And so I just feel like it's it's a really underappreciated craft these days, and this movie does it very well. Yes. Um, and uh, it's it's just it's fabulous work. Yes. Pretty much the entire time. No, it's working on so many and so many levels. I love the relationship between Ali and Lawrence. Yes. Um, it works really really well. It's like borderline romantic almost at times. <laughs> like I I love that they kind of leaned into like. The, like they were not afraid of of kind of being like yeah homoeroticism was not a fear they had in this they were like we're no. fine with that yeah they're like oh yeah. yeah like Lawrence is probably I mean and like that I think that plays into some of the ambiguity of the real of person too yeah. is like who knows right there's a lot yeah. of like 
you know, questions about that, too. And so it's like in, in for 1962, the boldness and the fearlessness of this movie to just like, I mean, you think about male like action movie main characters yes. today, they wouldn't have like a fairly like effeminate man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, right. It's like Chris Pratt and whatever. Yeah. Um, and and so like that's Lawrence is such a refreshing main character, even though it's a movie from the '60s. Like he's he's yeah. so unusual, he's so different. Ambiguous um, sexuality, to say the least. He's sort of a sadomasochist. Like it's heavily he implied he in is, multiple places, yeah. right? Uh, and again, I mean, it's one of the reasons that this movie is so like. It's so much more interesting, even though I've seen it like for this is like the third time I've mm-hmm. seen it. Yeah. It's just like there's so much in it. If you're the kind of person who pays attention to a movie, mm-hmm. there's so much in it because they were just like, yeah, we're not going to shy away from any of the complexities. No. We're just going to put them on the screen and let you deal with them. Right. It's like, here's yeah. here's as far as we can tell what was going on. And it's not like it's not common. Yep. Right. It's not the it's not the thing you would think. Totally. So uh, last comment, positive comment about the screenwriting before I talk about my main complaint. I'm so I'm so fascinated. What are your, your complaints? My about? last positive comment yeah. is I, I love the fact that this was still in an era when people wrote real dialogue. Yeah. The, oh, the dialogue um, is really good. And, you know, uh, dialogue to me has to do one of two things for me to be OK with it. Either it has to sound very genuine, very real, mm-hmm. like it was something that could have been said. Or it has to be intellectual and clever mm-hmm. so that I have something to think about. Mm-hmm. Most movies today do neither. Right. Right. They're both not something someone would say and they are uninteresting. Mm-hmm. In this movie, I would say that a fair bit of the dialogue is somewhat realistic, but overwhelmingly skews more towards the clever side. It does. It's, it's more intelligent than these characters probably were most well, of the time. But Lawrence. Uh, except for Lawrence. <laughs> yeah, I think real Lawrence. He's. Uh, Except for Lawrence. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, sorry. Uh, ev- but everyone is yeah. kind of overly clever yes. in this, which yes. is fine with me. Yes. I don't have a problem with that. Yes. Um, but I love the lines. Uh, Lawrence gets all kinds of great lines in this. Uh, right from the opening mm-hmm. scene uh, with his opening scene. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the opening scene is a funeral. But right from his opening yes. scene, he has just absolutely fantastic line. The trick, what William, William Potter, Potter or whatever is not minding, is, is that not it hurts. minding that it hurts. Delivered fantastically by Peter O'Toole. Uh, he he gets a lot of those little like you know clever lines, but putting one right in the opening means a lot to me because that whole opening scene is establishing is yeah. getting you into a particular mindset mm-hmm. with respect to Lawrence. Yeah, the, the sequence of scenes right before he goes to the desert do a really great job of setting up how weird he is yes. and like what his personality is and uh and like and so unusual like so strange for a main character yes. to be saying some of these things it's my manners it's not yeah yeah it seems insubordinate but, but it's it not really. that's that sounds like exactly <laughs> like something real lawrence probably would have said like that that's the spirit of of like who he who he was um it, it just establishes yeah. in addition to establishing a character because you know there's establishing a character yeah. and that character may be boring. You can establish a boring character. Sure, sure. Right? But in this case, we're establishing a really rich and interesting character. Yeah, too. he's like he's he's, he's so coming unusual alive. and you yes. don't know what you don't know what to expect from him yes. at any point. Like he's uh you know that he's 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 different. You do yes. know he's different. Like he's not wrong when he says he's different. Yes. <laughs> it will be fun. 
So I guess I would say just fantastic work on the dialogue as well. Yeah. Uh, we, yeah I, I kind of mentioned Dryden gets a lot of great lines too. Yeah. Uh, what does he say? Uh, there's a line he says when someone asks him, uh, in fact, Lawrence asks him if uh, they have plans to sort of divide up you mm-hmm. know, uh, the Turkish Empire amongst themselves as opposed to giving it back mm-hmm. uh, to the tribes. And he says, that he just goes like, difficult question. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, like yeah. It's, yeah. it's just great. Uh, yeah. And again, he, like Peter O'Toole, knows how to deliver those yes. lines. Unlike Alec Guinness, he's making the most of all his little clever bits yes. that the screenwriter gave yeah, him. Yeah, he feels like a guy who knows a lot more than he's saying yes. and is is sort of pulling the strings and yeah. and uh yeah no totally these uh dialogue also does a great job of inserting context with very little yes. uh actual work like i said almost no exposition dumps mm-hmm. in this thing and yet so much has gotten across uh, one of my favorites is Lawrence comes back and a nobody who's walking with him goes we built a squash court. Oh, jolly good about the squash court. Yes. It's just fantastic. Just two lines. And that lets you know everything about what the military is up to in Cairo, mm-hmm. which is BS, right? Mm-hmm. The contrast between them and Lawrence, who's in the desert doing mm-hmm. the fighting, mm-hmm. right? And it's just two lines, right? And, yeah, yeah. and you just, again, people just don't appreciate how bad screenwriting is today. That's... The stuff. Like, yeah. that is how you get it done. And well, it's really nice to see. And the way, like, there's that there's that scene. Because, like, the scenes where he goes back to Cairo with mm-hmm. after being in the desert, mm-hmm. it's so, you can, f- like, as the viewer, you feel exactly what he's feeling. Like, you, yes. you, you've been, th- like, you know, the lemonade scene, which yes. I love. It's one of my favorite scenes in the whole movie. Um, yeah. Where it's like, you, like, you've been in that set before you've you've yeah. seen him in that context before yes. and it's like totally different now mm-hmm. and they're like they're like oh you can't be in here or whatever yeah. and you're like who cares and he doesn't care yeah and they don't know what to do about the fact that he doesn't yeah, care yeah yeah so my main complaint with the screenwriting yeah let's hear it let's hear the complaint which is that the uh everything up to intermission mm-hmm. pretty much Perfect. Perfect. Like, I wouldn't really complain about anything. I mean, the things I complain about are things like Alec is delivering the, the lines wrong, but the screenplay is very good. Mm-hmm. The second half, after the intermission, mm-hmm. I just don't feel like it lives up to the same standards. Mm-hmm. The reason for that is just because there's a lot going on in the second act, mm-hmm. and it just doesn't feel like it fits into an hour. I feel like the screenplay yeah. just elides a lot of stuff. Now, it it's still good enough that I'm never confused about what happens. Mm-hmm. I know what is happening. Yeah. But I don't feel like I'm there the same way that I do I think it's in the it's, first half. It's jumping around in time a lot it's more too and much. in location. The fir- like it's the too first much. part of the movie, it's like you basically are with Lawrence from the beginning to the end like of this big <clears throat> sequence of events. Like you don't really leave Yes. Him. And then yeah, and in this part of the movie you're you're like it's been a time skip and yes. you're jumping around to a bunch of locations where stuff has like happened in yes. between that you haven't seen. So it's it's very different. It's definitely like a very different setup. And and to me that just doesn't work. Okay. Like for me, if you're doing the if if you know if you were going to do something like this, I would have said, okay, you, no, like you can't, you're covering too much ground here. Just 
do the first one is is the drive to Aqaba. The second one is the drive to Damascus. We're not going to do the train robbing and the Turkish prison and the, all that stuff. I get but you need why that stuff for the character. You can. I would trust this screenwriter to figure it out, right? But it's just like it's trying to tell the story in too much detail, but too sparsely separated. Yeah. And it just, to me, it feels like it doesn't really work. So anytime I watch this movie, all three times I've seen it, I think I've seen it three times now total, it's exactly the same. Mm-hmm. First one feels like I am there the whole time. Yeah. Second half just kind of feels disjointed and I don't really viscerally understand stuff. Like, I nominally get what happens, but even even nominally getting what happens, I don't really know. Like, it's not clear to me why the Arab army leaves and then suddenly comes back. I guess it's because he got more money from the British that he didn't have before. It's just well, confusing. It sounds, like, and it sounds like also there's like a seasonal element to it. Like it's winter, I guess. Which and I guess it and is they, now. They've mentioned before, like in another part of the movie, Adam mentions like it's my summer camp. So it must be depending yeah. on the, the, the seasons, They the Bedouin must go to different places. And I suppose it doesn't super matter all that. The thing that really matters is that they are like Lawrence is losing his, his, his Bedouin But he's army. not because all of a sudden they're all back again. And oh, at the very end, because yeah, he, he gave them money, yeah. And it, so I, I don't know, like it just doesn't really work for me. And it's not so much that I think there are like plot holes or something, like oh, it's not plausible that the army came because it's like you know, it's based on true events, and either they drove to Damascus or they didn't. I mean, I'm not, uh, I'm not clear on most of that stuff either way. It's just that it doesn't feel like it feels in the first part. Yeah. That's the problem, and I quite certain that the reason for that is just these big unmotivated gaps that they try to paper over by sort of having the plot arc line up with those events which is good but it's not enough I mean, I and I wouldn't have yeah, done that I, I, I didn't like that I think it's also part of the struggle of the biopic aspect of it where they're trying to include the stuff that you know happened more or less like the the train bombing stuff was like the main thing actually that the the Arab revolt was like doing they were that was like the yeah. main thing they were disrupting like the the train lines like that and um, but sometimes you just got to let yeah. go you got to let it yeah. go and like the scene in the the scene in like Dara with the with the Turkish the Turkish guy um like that's a thing that Lawrence like wrote about happening and it's like really ambiguous if that actually but happened. But re- rearrange it, you know. Yeah, and I'm just like, but I um, think they were like, they were like, they felt like that that was important to put in the mo- a movie about T.E. Lawrence, which I think is true. Um, I mean, certainly the thing, the the scene in Dara is very important for the character. Um, but tell it a different way is yeah. all I'm saying. Put make that be a flashback. We don't know why Lawrence is so different when we come back from the intermission, and then we find out. I don't know. Uh, I don't think flashback would be good because we haven't done it. like flash. This movie doesn't really do flashbacks like that would be weird well it would be better than what happened is i guess what i'm saying like i do i I strongly dislike what did happen so i would Mm -hmm. have wanted someone to experiment with something else for the second half of this movie because it really doesn't work i mean i think the other thing is like it maybe just needed to be longer but if that's the case then you need like two movies or something totally fine to make lawrence of arabia one and lawrence of arabia two where lawrence of arabia two is like the three times longer version of the second part 
would have been fine with that too. But again, just not what did happen. I mean, because I don't I like guess, it. I guess I can sort of. I don't think I've. I don't have the same like. I don't have negative feelings about it. But I mm. do think I agree that like, like the first half. The I mean, they're not they're not halves, but we'll call them halves before intermission. First so part. The first part. It's very, it's like, it's it's the part of the movie where Lawrence is, bu- like, it's building Lawrence up, right? It's him sort of, like, becoming the hero. It's it's a more traditional... It's like his high point. Yeah. In a way. Exactly. And then the second part is is the fall of Lawrence, right? Yeah. Is where he, he sort of, he, he, you know, flies too close to the sun. Like, it's a very Icarus-y kind of thing, right? Where he's getting way too arrogant yeah. and um, delusional about who he is, right? Like, he he literally starts thinking he can, like, he, he, he thinks he can pass as an Arab. Um, yeah, which is absurd. Which is, like, ridiculous. And he, but he's just delusional. Um, and then the reality kind of comes crashing back down on him. And, uh, and I think, like, I love the destruction of Lawrence. Like, I love that he is just absolutely, like, destroyed as a character. I, I, I can see that, like, why, I think having more time would have been nice. Um, because or, again, you could just don't do the railroad part of it, you know, start closer to him being in the Turkish prison. I don't know. I think there's a lot of things you could have done. I don't think it's I think there yeah. were options that were better than this one, which is why I say, like, that's my main criticism is that part, because mm-hmm. also you're setting a very high bar with your first part. So, you know, if the first part was crappier, maybe the second part doesn't stand out yeah. like that. But because they did such a meticulous, detailed work in the first, you can't just jump to not that completely and expect me not to notice. It sticks out like a sore thumb it, to well, me. Well, it, it, feels, it feels very different. I, I guess I sort of see what you're saying, but it doesn't bother me like it bothers you. Because I, I, I still think the character stuff with Lawrence is strong. There's, so uh, a good version of this is like in... Uh, there's a Steve Jobs movie by Aaron Sorkin. Mm-hmm. That is sort of the better way to handle stuff like this, in my opinion, hmm. where you're like, there's too much to cover here. So what they do is they just like say, we're going to cover three keynotes and we have to rearrange all the events so that they fit into these because otherwise it's just going to be, you know, a mess. Right. And it works quite well. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's the sort of thing I would have liked them to have done here is just go, look, we can't we can't suddenly go from a thing where we're on horse on horseback, on camelback with Lawrence for the entire first half of the movie at every step. And then suddenly it just becomes this time skipping every other scene is is months apart. I really think you had to say, look, it's not a documentary. We will Figure out a way to put the things we need to say into a continuous piece of this film. And then I think it gets a lot better without really having to do much. Because hmm. you've already proven you can do that. You did it flawlessly in the first part. Just do it again. Maybe. maybe. Don't, don't tr- we don't need, as an audience, we're not getting much about World War I in this movie. It's not like we're coming away from it with a really broad appreciation of where all the armies were on every month and all this. Like, we're not getting that out of this movie. It's just not what this movie shows. So I don't need to know those things in those ways. It's not important. The other interesting thing about the second half 
is that it spends a, it actually spends a time on scenes where Lawrence isn't there at all. It spends it has scenes with the the um, the reporter with Bentley. Yeah. It has and, scenes with the two uh, army guys talking about stuff. Right, and right. It's just and like, I'm pretty sure yeah. the first part of the movie doesn't really have any scenes that. For the most part, that Lawrence isn't. It's entirely in. Lawrence POV yeah. after the funeral. Yes, yes, right. yes. Um, and I, so I just don't know. So I, I think I. It was I, obviously a deliberate change. It was something that the screenwriter did intentionally, like very clear. Like he was aware that he was doing that. It was an intentional choice. Yeah, and um, I just I think it was a bad choice. It was a bad decision to do that. I and you know I would have loved to have seen what they would have done if they said no. It's still an intimate picture. The whole th- the whole time through, we're not we're just not going to go down the rabbit hole of trying to give you a bigger picture of what happened in this it's war. It's a tough it's a tough balance so, though because it, you have to try to understand like where Lawrence is coming from and why he you know why he's doing what he's doing and so like you have to know a little bit about the conflict. But... Not really. Like like this movie, it does not change really anything about Lawrence in my mind. To not see him blow up a bunch of trains or have his other dude get killed, like, it's just redundant even. We've already had one of the two children get killed. We've already seen that have an effect on him. We didn't need to do it the second time. Totally unnecessary. That entire scene could go away. We don't need to see him, like, uh, on the train or all that stuff because, again— I don't know. I feel like the scene, the, the first scene where they blow up a train and he like walks on top of the train and it's he a thinks, good scene, yeah. Well, it's it's important for the character because it lets you kind of understand where he's at, and uh, that's necessary, I think, for the for the downfall he then has. Right, you kind of have to have seen him at that like most arrogant, most kind of like ridiculous. But I don't need to see him do that. There is my point. You could have put that into the context of a continuous thing. Like, it was a choice to have that happen on top of a train. It didn't have to happen there. Right? I guess. I guess. And that's, like, we could have done that through the whole first part of the movie. We could have had all of those scenes happen in individual times and places that were distinct from each other. But we didn't, and it was better for it. And I think that's what needed to happen in that second half. Is is yeah, maybe what's more realistic is that this would have happened when they were blowing up a train. But I don't care. Like, Put it into the continuous thing so it feels more visceral like it did in the first half, well, right? Same maybe. content. I'm not asking you to change the content. I'm asking you to change the superstructure so that it flows correctly, you know? Maybe. Maybe. Um, um, I, I honestly don't think I would change anything about this movie. Well, of course you wouldn't. <laughs> it's your favorite movie. Yeah. But that's I one mean, of my only complaints. Yeah. I mean, that and Alec Guinness, which we already covered. Yeah, I mean, maybe, um, you know, if I could if I, if I I could change one thing, I maybe recast the Faisal. Um, recast Alec, the Alec Guinness. Um, I don't know with who exactly, because I, no I don't know who the actors were at the I, time. I have no idea with who. I just feel like you obviously could have had a stronger performance I, there. Since everyone else is so good, yep. there was surely somebody available who could have done better. Uh, or just slap Alec Guinness around. Be mm-hmm. like, yo, wake up. <laughs> Practice the line. Say it like this. <laughs> Uh, maybe David Lean is too soft on Alec Guinness. I don't know. Uh, the only other complaint I have with this movie at all is sometimes the music felt a little overbearing to me. Uh, there are a couple places hmm. where it punched too hard. Uh, it almost was like that was the one thing it does wrong that Dune does wrong. There were a couple places where it just oh, comes really? in super hard. Really? Uh, What's an example? I should have probably written them down. Uh, but there is one where there's like basically no music and somebody says something and the music just slams in. Hmm. 
Uh, and I was like, ah, I don't like Interesting. that. Interesting. I don't, um, I, that's not a thing that I've, uh, that I've noticed. I would be curious, yeah, what a, a specific example. Yeah, well, next time we watch yeah, yeah, it, yeah, I'm sure time. we will, I'll <laughs> yeah. point it out. Uh, but, you know, on the whole, it's not. It, it, I think, yeah, the score is one of the, it's, you know, that Maurice Jarre uh, score is one of the most famous film scores. I mean, that theme. And that the Lawrence, melody is amazing. We, there's stuff we haven't really mentioned because it's like, eh, you know, like the match, the, the, the match cut, the, the to the sunrise I've never been into that match I think it's amazing but it's like everyone talks about that like we don't need to say anything about that like everybody that's what well I do overrated especially in this film when everything Uh, else is cooler than that I think it's easy to it's easy to take for granted just how uh, that would have felt at the time Um, how bold that cut was would have felt you know the sunrise, and then the that that amazing opening shot of him the the, them riding over that that Mm -hmm. first sand dune Mm -hmm. it's just like. I mean, it's just insane. That first handful of shots with the music of him in the desert with the guide are uh, are just, it's insane. It's totally insane. I mean, most of the shots of the desert in this are insane. Yeah. Um, I don't, and, and yeah. like I said, the scale of I mean, the sets and there's is other, insane. There's other stuff we haven't talked about, like the introduction of Ollie. You know, we, we probably haven't uh, said enough good things about both both Ollie and Auda both of their performances are just very strong. Yeah. And all of their like character moments are very good. Yes. Like like you said, him coming out of the mirage, Ali coming out of the mirage at the beginning is just this amazingly dramatic like Well, and I was and nobody they don't know who it about, is and I was thinking about with Dune 2 cuz people, you know, we haven't the, seen Dune 2 yet, thank oh God. Oh my god. No, people with Dune talking about like, oh, the like minimalism of the composition. No. And I'm like, look at this. That's minimalism. <laughs> That's yeah. minimalism. Like the some of the desert scenes in here, like you ones you're talking about where it's just this like thin line along the bottom yes. in the blue sky. Um or there's an amazing shot of like when Gassim is uh like try you know, he's dropped his belt and, yes. and there's this shot of like it's the opposite where it's like this thin line of blue sky at the top yep. and it's like going yep. kind of up to the right diagonally. There's this line of like the three yep. like, the belts and it's just like that's Mind blowing, yes. and and the well scene is another one. The 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 sort of visual composition of that shot is like you've got the two camels, the well, the two characters, that it, it's just, this like this hard line across the center and this dot in the middle, and it's just like I mean unbelievably well uh, constructed shot. It's just I mean, and it's just there's infinite of those in this movie. It's like all the shots. It's just mind blowing to me. Well, and we also see uh, to. Again, contrast it with all of the sort of really amateur hour stuff in Dune. In Dune, when the character takes a life for the first time at the end, no one cares. We don't even know who the guy is he killed, mm-hmm. right? We get the same scene in Lawrence of Arabia, which, like you said, is probably sort of where that scene actually was motivated from originally. I don't, we know. don't know. I mean, we don't know. But it's just, it's just not comparable in the Dune film to this film because in this film, we establish why he would be so upset about killing this person, right? He's killing a person he went back in the desert to save. Well, and and it's not only that. It's not only that it's a person he went to save and knows. It's also that it, like, goes against his sort of, like, belief of, like, I can write my own path, right? Right. Like, the nothing is written thing. Right. It's like the universe saying to him, no, you can't. We're going to kill this guy one way or the other. Exactly. And so it's not only it's painful to kill a friend, but it's also like 
it's also like the universe saying to him, like, no. Yeah. Um, and so it's like this double brutal kind of thing for Lawrence. And then later he's like, but I kind of liked it, which yeah. is even better. Yeah. Right. Because it's like, again, it's so there's so much in this. Right. There's so much yes. stuff going on in this plot with these and people it's like, and, and like, it's just like you compare that to something like the Dune movie where nothing is happening there's no yeah, character yeah. there's no interest yeah. there's no subtlety well, there's no like there just stuff happens and it doesn't matter right in this every little thing it's a creates a thread that you can pull on and see and it's yeah. just yeah well and Lawrence as a character is he's always surprising you yes. like he never does what you expect it's so fun to watch because you can never predict ever like what he's going to say or think or do. Right. Like when he says, like, I enjoyed it, you know, you're like, what? Yeah. That's not uh, something a hero says. Exactly. Right? That's not something that you're expecting the the leading man to ever say. And that's what he says. Yeah. And it's right? like that inner that he's scared of himself, like yeah. these things that he's learning about himself. He's yeah. he's he's not the person he thought he was. Yes. Um. And it's like the inner kind of like turmoil of this of this character. I mean, he's he's so messed up. Yes. Um, he's sympathetic, but he's also like monstrous, and he's like he's just such a complex character. You could really go you could go on for hours about Lawrence. You mm-hmm. really could. There's so much going on there. Well, and people have. And people have. You can go read about it. Yeah, and I mean, I just mean the the, the movie character. Let oh, alone, yes, yes. I mean, yeah. I'm just, I'm just talking about the movie guy. Yes. The, the real person is a real person, so you could just you could go infinitely yeah. long. But like yeah. the movie character, if you're just talking about the movie, there's so much there. Yes, there's so much to this character. He's so unusual. Yes, and like I think ultimately that's the thing I responded to because like you know there's there's other beautiful movies like you mentioned 2001. There's other movies right. that look insanely good. Right. But the thing that Lawrence has that a lot of those other movies don't have is the character. Yes. I mean, 2001 in particular just doesn't really have characters. So you can't. Yeah. You don't have the same kind of like richness in depth. Right. And it, other, it's, a, it's a movie yeah, that, yeah. that has big ideas in it and a beautifully shot. And all that, but it doesn't have that visceral humanity to it. Right. Whereas this does. And not and only does this have it, not only does it have it, yeah, but it has it maybe better than any movie that I can think of. Yeah. So, so it's like. You're putting it all together. It's working on these two levels that's like so far beyond any movie that I'm aware of. Um, yes. That the fact that they're together in the same movie is just like. It's it, for me. There's nothing as good as this movie. It's pretty rare that you get to have a screenplay that good. And then also have the, exactly the directing and the cinematography and all that be that good, right? And so, yeah, it all just comes together. It all what came you get together. Is a is just an absolute masterpiece, like one of the greatest films of all time, no question. Which is seems to be widely acknowledged as well. So, yeah, hardly I mean, in it, the minority. There. Oh no, I mean, I think most people would say it's in the top ten or twenty best films of all time. Yeah, for good reason. It's just insane. This movie. So, yeah, sixty years ago. That's a long time ago. Um, and still holds up insanely well. I mean, this restoration is like, I mean, it looks better. I mean, we watched this uh, in 4K. It was a 4K. Uh, 4K HDR. HDR Blu-ray. And I mean, it's. Probably looks better than it looked in the theater because they probably cleaned it up. Yeah. Well, better than any yes. print you could have lucked out and saw. I right? mean, I was <laughs> thinking about that during, like we, you know, so the the scene in particular where Lawrence has just gone to rescue Gassim and he's coming out of the food mm-hmm. 
And the first couple of shots of that, it's just the line of the desert. Mm-hmm. And there's this tiny, tiny, tiny dot. Mm-hmm. And there's been times before when I've seen this film, you can't you can't see it. Uh. And in this version, I was like, holy crap, you can see it. <laughs> 4K. 4K. The, ma- the majesty but of it's 4K. Just, it's kind of crazy, too, because you're like, dang. Like, if you watch this on VHS in, like, the 90s or something. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's stuff you would just never have seen. You no. would never have seen Ali coming out of the desert. No. The 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 shot where, you know, the first shot in the desert with Lawrence and his guide coming up over the thing. They just yeah. would have been these, like, little blobs. Like, yeah. um, this movie is, it was meant to be seen this way. You get your money's worth out of your AV setup with Lawrence of Arabia 4K. Well, it's kind of weird, too, because it's a movie that was shot 60, it was released 60 years ago. Other than in a theater with a 70 millimeter print, there's no way to experience this movie the way it was intended, like the way it was shot. Mm-hmm. Like this is how when David Lean shot this movie, like this is what he was looking he wanted at. you yeah, to yeah. see. And so it feels, it, you know, I feel very lucky in some ways that we get to see this movie the way it, it was it was intended. Well, you know, there is something in the in Dune mm-hmm. that benefits from the 4K. Yeah. HDR as well. Okay. One only one thing really. Okay. The credits because they were so <laughs> freaking small that if you don't have a gigantic television <laughs> at 4K, it probably just is a blob for the end credits. Yeah. That you can't read. <laughs> Other than that, it doesn't matter what you watch that thing on. It's not oh getting any gosh. better. Well, I don't know. I mean, this is a movie you could just go on and on about for hours. And, and Anna would if we didn't no, cut her off. No, I think I think we've done a really nice summary. Like, okay. I don't think I don't think there's too much more we need to say. And we right. can we can chat about stuff in the comments. Yeah, definitely leave comments below. And as we said uh, before, if you are a member and want to talk about what movies we will be doing next month, yes, you should go to MollyMovieClub.com and look for that pinned brainstorming thread. Uh, the the movie picker thread, I think yes. is what it's called. Uh, and let us know what you think because we're kind of trying to build up uh, different themes and different sets of movies that we can, because we, it just, it's nice to be able to kind of do them in groups where we might want to comment on them together because it's been fun to do that a, a few times. It also just helps, like, it, you know, yeah, to it have helps narrow a theme, it down. you have to, you know, because there's so yeah. many movies. Yeah. Uh, and I think the other thing we didn't mention is uh, since there's five weeks mm-hmm. in September, the 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 last week we were thinking we were gonna do some sort of like Twitch. Yeah, we're gonna try and do a live thing. stream. We don't really have details on that. We don't really have like a, a solid plan for that at the moment, but we will let you know. Yes. And uh, until then, we'll, we'll see you on the internet. Yes. Have fun, everybody, and we'll see you next week. Bye.